0: yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode.
1: Welcome back to the show. I hope you have your tea ready. This is Marketing Off the Bat, and I'm your host, Jessica Cross, and you're in for a treat today. If you're a studio owner or if you're an aspiring studio owner, this is a great episode for you to listen to, and I'm glad that you clicked on this button, this button to listen because it's so good, and I'm joined by... Laura McComb, she's the president and co-founder of Walla, which is an incredible fitness studio software company that is really revolutionizing the boutique fitness studio owner game. So we have, as studio owners, so many things that we have to accomplish in every single day, and then when it comes to looking at our numbers, to be able to actually pay ourselves or understand how many people are coming through the door every single month, it's so vital that we have a really good software that helps us manage such a big and important piece of our business. And Laura and Walla are really taking this challenge on. So Laura is the president and co-founder of Walla. She co-founded Walla to help make business management easy and efficient for the female studio owner who has been historically underrepresented in tech and therefore stuck using software that was not developed with her needs in mind. Laura is also a lifelong athlete, a yogi, a book junkie, and a live music lover. She resides in San Diego with her husband, daughter, and son, and she just shares so deeply from her lens and leading a business, as well as from her personal life and just so grateful for this chat. So let's take a listen. Hey, Laura, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm great, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me today.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. Thanks for your time. This is going to be a lot of fun. I know. I know.
2: We've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yes, we do. Okay, well, just to set the foundation, we heard a little bit about you in the intro, but I know that's just barely going to scratch the surface about all that you are and everything that's going on with the Walla too. So I would love if you could just tell us a little bit more, tell us a little bit about your yoga journey and how it brought you to today.
2: Okay. Awesome. Um, so my I'm, I'm based in San Diego and my yoga journey did start here. Actually, I moved here. I think the day after I graduated college and intended to be here for a summer. And it's like, I don't know, 18 years later. <laughs> so I I started uh, my sales career here. I was working for a headhunting firm doing um, sales and staffing. And I just kind of fell in love with yoga on the side of that. Um, and mostly it was because I had injuries from volleyball. I played college volleyball. I grew up an athlete. I've just been in sports my whole life. and my teammates and I joke that we have bodies of people that are 20 years older than us because we've just beat ourselves up so much. So yoga um, initially was awful for me because I had no balance and no flexibility, uh, all the strength and couldn't do most of what the people in the room around me were doing. Um, And it also made me drop the competitive side of myself, which was very challenging. And if you ask any of my teammates or my friends or my coworkers, they will all tell you, I still get annoyingly competitive, like over a game of Scrabble. Um, so yoga really, really helped me with that. And it allowed me to kind of, to turn that part of my brain off, which I had never done before and tune into what I needed in the moment. And also it, it did allow me to use that, you know, driven, goal oriented side of myself because I saw how nimble and flexible, but also how um, calm the people were in class around me, you know, like they could step in the room and drop in and stay committed to a practice, they'd be there every day. And it gave me something to work towards. So I really, really enjoyed that. Um, And then about maybe three years into practicing, one of the teachers at my studio encouraged me to to teach. So I always tell studios, tell your teachers to ask people, even if they have no idea if that person has any intention intention of teaching. I can't tell you how many times over the years, obviously that happened to me, but it's, it was the teachers that worked at my studio or me teaching in class and when I personally invited someone, they would step into that journey of teacher training. So um, anyway, that's a little aside on the business. But I I wasn't sure if I wanted to teach. And then, I, I don't know, pretty immediately into training, I realized that it was an incredible experience to sit in the seat of the teacher and be able to guide, you know, a, a room of bodies through breathing and moving. And so I took that on. And I started teaching, um, again, on the side of my sales career, I just kind of would teach a few classes a week. And my studios naturally would just ask me, like, okay, why are you selling memberships like with the studios I was working at like what are you doing we always seem to sell more memberships and people come back to your classes and um you know hey can you help me with this i was just curious like what do you think of this languaging on this marketing poster we're doing so i just got really curious frankly about the business of yoga and a bit frustrated because a lot of the studios i worked at kept changing hands or closing or you know it just felt unstable and that was such a you know such a disappointment to see these business owners who were so passionate about what they were doing um, fall into a cycle of um, you know, stress and not being profitable or just really not being able to handle the business. So I, I took a big gamble, um, thank you to my husband for <laughs> working harder so I could do this and jumped out of my corporate career and left to run a large yoga studio. So. Yoga Six was just starting, they had just, like the company had just formed, they had one location in um, St. Louis and they wanted to open in San Diego. So they hired me to do the acquisition of a large yoga studio down the street from where I lived and do the change management and run the studio. So it was a huge undertaking for me at the time and I learned so much, uh, particularly about how different it is being a corporate employee and having you know, people who show up from eight to six every day and do the job that they're paid to do to running, you know, 40 or 50 part-time staff members who turned over all the time and took breaks and vacations all the time. And um, yeah, I kind of jumped in there and and that's what led me down this path ultimately. I, I really got to sit behind the front desk and in the office every day looking at the analytics and understanding what it was gonna take to you know, ultimately what I did was, you know, double the membership at the studio and, and um, grow it into a really profitable business.
1: Mm, wow. I, and I love knowing that about you, just kind of knowing what it is that you do, you know, with Wallen and, and, and being in the founder role and yeah. uh, kind of in the day-to-day as well. Cause I know, I know Just kind of listening to you and getting to know you, you must be so ingrained in in everything that happens in the day-to-day too, and making as as successful as it is. That's so cool. Just kind of knowing your story from corporate to teaching and doing the side hustle to just diving completely in into a studio acquisition, no less. Like that's, that's incredible.
2: It was different. And it it really (laughs) set me up for the next phase, which was you know, after I had my second baby, I was really struggling with the 60 hours a week at the studio. Um, And so I I left to to kind of take a couple months off and figure out what the next step was. Was I gonna open my own studio? Was I going to um, go back into the corporate world? And one of my incredible mentors and dear soul sister friends, Krista Clive Smith, was like why wouldn't you marry these two amazing passions of yours business and yoga and build something to help other people um succeed so ultimately i founded studio solutions which was my consulting practice and that's where i um i worked doing management and software and sales consulting for fitness studios around the world we worked with hundreds of studios and uh and that gave me the, the insight and the um, understanding of where some of the other software platforms were really struggling. So when my business partner, Doug approached me about starting Walla, I actually said no to him twice, uh, <laughs> but he was pretty relentless about it and was like, listen, this doesn't work without you. Like he has the tech background, he's he's built um, and successfully sold companies before, so he understood, you know, what was needed, and he really needed somebody who who knew the industry, who could get us to um, what we call product market fit. So, does the product that we're building really fit and match with what the market is demanding right now? And how quickly can you get to that? So he he talked me into it, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm glad that you ultimately said yes to that maybe that third question
2: (laughs) yeah we laugh about it all the time i'm like oh whenever there are the hard days i'm like really i could have just said no one more time (laughs) (laughs) no i'm so glad i did it i'm so so glad
1: and i am too and I i know the folks that are listening as well because it's just your story is incredible and you know we wouldn't be here today having this conversation perhaps if if it weren't the case so
2: i know actually you're maybe the first person i've spoken to on a podcast or in an interview or anything like that where you've actually used our software
1: yes yes isn't that full circle
2: (laughs) totally full circle so you teach at one of our clients studios
1: i do i do and it's uh i've actually you know but even before i taught at one of your client studios i've used probably all of the softwares in oh, in my oh. teaching career and so it's really neat to see a software you know meeting studios where they are and as you said looking for that product market demand because yeah. there's there's a lot of lot of those softwares that are trying to fit the studio in into it rather than trying yeah. to adapt so it's right. it's really cool to see.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate your words there a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, to that point You've kind of had a lot of hats throughout this, your your career, really, yeah. since you, you know, this, the first day that you showed up after your graduation and in San Diego and, and sitting in all these different seats. So, you know, from the, the yoga studio standpoint, you know, it's, you know, post-COVID or post-pandemic or whatever it is that we live in now, I'm, I'm not even sure what we call it, but what would you say From a business standpoint and really trying to run studios efficiently, what is the main issue that studios are facing today?
2: Hmm. Boiling it down to one is a bit of a challenge because I know you guys are facing a lot right now. Um, I would say market to market, it can be a little bit different, but one is really being confident in decision making, like it has been a year and a half, two years of just Okay, what do we do now? Okay, what do we do now? And pivoting and trying new things. And, you know, frankly, studios are a relatively straightforward model. You have memberships and you have class cards and you sell them, and people come to your class, and that's it. And now we're having to incorporate um how much effort do we put into video on demand how much into live stream do we build courses that we sell on the side do we start incorporating um you know more private sessions or corporate yoga or things that ultimately all sound like amazing ideas to drive more revenue into a business but can be big distractions from what really is the core of the business so it's It's been a year or two years of really having to nail down what are you great at? What are you going to be able to be unique with and offer in offering to your clients? And what do you frankly want to spend your time on? Because I think everybody thought they had to do everything and it. It created really subpar quality products or services. Um, it created a lot of resentment in teachers, in owners. And and I think the clients can feel that when there's not the passion and the love behind what they're doing. Um, it's, it's felt energetically and even in communication. So I think there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of struggles around decision making on what our business model, business path looks like, what can we commit to and what can we be confident in as a revenue driver and uh, ultimately a profitability maker. So I, I, you know, I feel for a lot of studio owners who had to ride that roller coaster over the last year, two years. And um, I think the ones that I'm seeing come out the other side and really thrive right now are the ones that kind of planted their flag in the sand and said, this is what we do. This is what we're good at. This is where we have committed to investing our time and energy. And sometimes that meant, you know, we got great at live streaming or video on demand or developing these video courses, but it meant that they had to hire somebody to do it. But it was a decision that was made and they stuck with it. They measured the results, they, you know, saw when there was success or failure and they ultimately acted on that. So I I think that's kind of a phase we're moving into is seeing. studios that were flailing in all of these decisions and products and services um they will ultimately struggle or close unless they make a decision on what they're going to plant their flag in the sand and say this is us
1: yeah oh that's so good i uh man so there's so many things too that kind of come up I, i i was thinking about you know, once the pandemic hit, you know, or in the early stages and watching the studios have to be so reactionary and to what, how they were met with, um, you know, how, how do we figure this thing out and then this thing out and then this thing out and how that really, really impacted their business model, whether they wanted it to or not, they were not intentional decisions. So now they were kind of Coming into the new normal, I feel like that's way overused, by the way, but I can't think of what else to call it. Uh (laughs) Like you know, we're kind of coming into this this you know everyday world that we live in now, and now we can, even though things are still a little crazy, and you know, some of the smaller studios, some of the bigger studios, even haven't quite gotten their footing yet. You know, it sounds like with tools like these, we can start being more intentional because this is just the way things kind of are now. Right studios
2: right, and I think um, you know in in considering the challenges too, one thing that really was apparent very quickly is if you weren't a business owner that was measuring certain KPIs or certain indicators in your business that helped you make decisions it, it was. disaster like you really didn't there was no aim there was no direction and so now it's become so critical to understand what's driving business what is successful what's profitable and and i will say profitable a lot because oftentimes studio owners look at revenue and think they're doing well and it's really not just about revenue i mean i've talked to franchise owners who You know, had dozens and dozens of locations and then the pandemic forced them to shut down a bunch and they're actually more profitable now, even though their revenue is significantly lower so it's. It's really looking at the things that that generate a bigger margin for you, where you're you know in love with the services you're offering it feels uniquely you and that you can measure it over time and give your team goals and feel. like you have kind of a north star when it in terms of success and goals and and really an understanding of the direction
1: Mm, yes yeah that's so good and i i I love love how you kind of put a fine point on that is the studios that were really struggling with as you said kind of understanding even the difference between revenue and profitability pre-pandemic right it just really shined a spotlight on all the things that were not working.
2: <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I mean, we've had people come into Walla and you know, we transition them from their old software platforms and I remember distinctly one of our our clients coming in with hundreds and hundreds of members. I mean, I, I was shocked. It was a a what seemed like a smallish yoga studio and then when we ultimately did, we offer um, free consulting with for with one of our affiliate consultants for any of our any clients that come onto Walla as a platform, and you know the affiliate saying. really how much can i tell this business that they're actually losing money like i i need to shine a spotlight on the fact that they're selling their memberships too cheap period like it doesn't make financial sense and just being able to open the business's eyes to that and have dashboards that really quickly illuminate like your class profitability is actually not there yes the revenue is high no you're not making money (laughs) so we made a really really um specific effort to give quick, easy numbers, dashboards, graphs that make it apparent where to spend time
1: yeah it, and it's uh, you know as someone has who's used your software and mm-hmm. on the back end to like actually pulling reports and understanding the data and looking at you know month over month you know, how okay, many people are right. coming in where our expenses are, where the kind of the uh, break even is for each of our classes yeah. you know, really kind of understanding that and that kind of leads me to my next question for you so, as I just mentioned, that I mean, that's a lot of understanding for just one, you know, potentially two people who might be not only doing those things, finances, but also managing staff and understanding you know, basically how to fill their classes and market and all of these things. So there's just so many tasks that we have as studio owners and, and studio managers that, you know, frankly, there's as many tools out there as there are tasks, which is, kind yeah. of wonderful and hard at the same time.
2: Yes. I totally <laughs> so, agree.
1: Yeah. So like how do studio owners prioritize and kind of sift through the number of products that are out there for them to find the best fit for them so they can best understand, you know, their, their revenue goals, their profitability, um, you know, actually what's coming in and what's coming out every yeah. single month. How do they sift through that?
2: You know, honestly, it was one of our goals going into building Walla was to put as much of it under one roof as we could so they weren't going to have to look at, okay, this tech partner for this, that tech partner for that, and and ultimately manage, learn, and train multiple systems. So while I don't have like a, a silver bullet for every studio, the vast majority of the things you need to do in your business, you can do under one roof in Walla. That said... If you're a non wallet client and you are looking at, you know, what are the key systems I need to run part of it depends on what your strengths are. So I think taking a step back from that and taking a self inventory. I remember when I first got into my yoga studio, I was, I mean, I will flat out say like organizing and developing systems is not my great strength in life. Like, I need the person who can come in and develop systems for me. I'll execute on them. I'll, I'll work in the systems really, really well. But my brain is not super linear in that it will say, like, OK, here's the problem. Here's the system that needs to solve it and then build it like I, I just can't do that. So I very quickly realized that I needed um, a marketing automation system that was going to, you know, and, and somebody who could help me build that at that time so I understood what was going to be delivered to my clients in a, in a linear fashion. Um, the other system that I really, really needed at the time was just somebody who, it's in this case, it's not a system, it's somebody who understood Excel. Because I couldn't get all the data that I needed out of my system in beautiful reports, so I would export the reports to somebody who could turn them into graphs for me. I'm a very visual person if i'm staring at lines and lines and lines and lines of data it doesn't help me, you know, take inventory and make a decision off of it, if I see graphs I can and that's that's just my brain so those were kind of self-reflection inventory moments where i had to say what am i not good at where do i need help and then that's where we invested in systems um so you may be a person that is good at all of those things and you can create those systems and it's fine um but perhaps you're not fantastic at managing your subs or something and so you find the the sub management software that's going to do that for you um but i also think you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of as soon as you have the money to hire for your non-strengths. And I say that with all compassion, knowing that not everybody is making enough money to be able to hire for that. Um, But the beauty of it is there are so many products, or, or I'm sorry, platforms out there right now, like Upwork, like Fiverr, where you can hire somebody to do very temporary projects for you or very you know, three hours a week, 10 hours a week for not that much money. And you can take a lot off your plate. So I, if anything, you know, it's new year when you guys are listening to this, I imagine, what is it that, what is one task or two tasks that you would love to have off your plate this year? Is it designing marketing flyers? Is it posting to social media? I, I, whatever it is, there is somebody who could do that for you.
1: <laughs> yes. And I love, I love how you mentioned, um, you know, those incredible tools that we now have at our fingertips with things like Upwork and, and Fiverr, and it might not even be something that you're like, I, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this. Maybe it's something that you actually enjoy. Maybe you like making the flyers, but as the business owner, is that the best use of your time when your list is very, very long of a lot of priorities? Maybe not.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there are people that can write copy, who can design make QR codes for you for literally anything. I mean, it can be it can be something that can propel your business forward. It's just a matter of taking that kind of self-reflective inventory moment and it, it's very hard to do that without reflecting back on, you know, whether it's a few days or a week of your time and see where you're spending the time. Um I remember when I first did that I was horrified, first of all, at the number of time I spent just like going through emails and whether it be customer service emails or, um, you know, salespeople reaching out to me or whatever it was, the amount of time I spent in email every week was unbelievable. So I, I genuinely said, all right, I'm, I'm done with just instantly, as soon as my phone pings, opening up my email and responding and reacting to it, because that is a time suck and it's killing my productivity. So I, I committed to, I don't do that during certain hours of the day. My phone is on do not disturb. I'm not like, I don't have a pop-up with my email and my desktop anymore. So those moments, those, those noticings, and as yogis, I know we can all like take that moment of step out of it, kind of see it as an observer, almost like during meditation, as you're observing your breath, observe how you are existing through your day. And just notice, like, where are the times in your day where you find you're tremendously stressed or your body's not feeling great or, you know, your heart rate is up and you're trying to juggle a lot of things? And document, you know, like just make notes for yourself, make voice notes for yourself on your phone. You don't have to write it all. Um, and then take inventory and see where you can offload some of the work.
1: And that. You just nailed it, that, the word offload. It's like, can, what can you pull out of your brain and into a voice note or your notes app or you know, hand off to somebody just yeah. to create a little more space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just a
1: few minutes. Yeah, it'll make a huge change Yeah, for sure. Yep. I um, think, oh yeah, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say one thing I didn't mention, but that helped me a lot too was um, because I'm such a visual person, Asana and Trello boards, like being able to see things in a visual board representation of like moving down a process were really, really helpful. So anyway.
1: Yes. And that, and I love, uh, I, I use Trello. I think I use Asana a little more frequently. And I always have to translate Asana from Asana in my know, brain every I time I say it. I'm
2: finally, finally getting it because everybody's <laughs> like, oh my God, you're not saying it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I wonder if they even thought about the yogis that would use their platform Probably no. not. <laughs> if you're listening, Asana, we love you. Um, yeah. But I, I think uh, I love I love that uh, those additional like productivity tools, especially mm-hmm. the ones when, you know, maybe you are bringing in somebody very part-time hours, you know, five, 10 hours a week that maybe they're working through, uh, you know, creating a bunch of Canva templates for you, or they're writing some email copy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, Offloading that into something that that person can see, and they say, "Okay, here are my tasks." They're going to be more productive too, and it doesn't all just stop with you okay. and what's in your brain.
2: <laughs> right, it become we become bottlenecks as leaders. Yes. Often, it's it's really that's been one of my biggest challenges in in you know starting this company and starting Walla because I have so much knowledge of the industry. It's been a really <laughs> Really challenging, but has to be consistent practice of me offloading that information and documenting it and delivering it into some sort of a platform where it's accessible to everybody. So, so I'm not the bottleneck. I'm not the only answer. Yeah, it's freedom.
1: Yeah. And that can be, that can be challenging too, because, you know, we, if it's uh, I can imagine with Walla, you know, with my businesses too, it's like, oh, it's my baby. Like I, I want everything to filter through me, but if we want to scale, if we want to protect our own peace and our own, you know, whatever, a little to time off that we do have, like we, we do need to open up and be uh, a little bit more spacious uh, with letting people in as well.
2: Right. I find it's like the dark side of control is that your freedom is sucked away from you. And when you can slowly start to let go of the control freak in you, which I can definitely, yeah, exactly, <laughs> empathize with anybody who struggles with that, um, that's what gives you freedom. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a practice for for sounds like both of us, and probably probably some folks that are listening yeah. to. <laughs> Okay. So we've been talking a lot about systems. We've been talking about offloading, you know, creating space, bringing in platforms or tools or individuals, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even little part-time basis to kind of help support and bolster us up and, you know, really making these studios and, and these businesses work. And so I have to believe that There are probably a few people that clicked on this episode because, you know, they're kind of in the, the, the latter part. They, they needed Mm -hmm. this information, you know, two weeks ago (laughs) or three weeks ago when they were, you know, they're really struggling. So I think I can, you know, I think we've probably all been there at, you know, points in our career where it just feels like I just need help right now. So I have to ask you as, you know, somebody who has so much wisdom and knowledge, Mm -hmm. if you could share, like if you could go to one of these people and say, you know, here are a couple of tools, you're behind the eight ball. This is, you know, one, you know, one to two things that you could do, you know, right away to just take the pressure off and and move forward even just today.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that really gives clarity to where you can implement systems and and what tools you need is understanding what your client journey is and where, like, are you Are you spending a ton of time and energy marketing and getting a lot of people into your funnel and then they're not converting into your intro offer? Or are you getting a ton of people into your intro offer and they're not converting into your membership? Are you getting a ton of members and they only last for a month or two? So really taking a step back and looking at what, like the inventory of your client journey is and where those fall off points are and then beginning to implement and and i will say right now i'm a huge fan of automations i believe you can use email and text message marketing automations in a lot of different ways but it can't be the only way as much as i i want to say like you never have to think about it again you know like this can all be taken off of your plate it can't and spam filters have gotten more intense you are you know, you have to have people opt in at multiple different stages. The rules, the laws are just going to get more tricky. Even now, when you swipe to delete a text message off your phone, it doesn't just say delete, it says delete and block when it's not somebody that's a a contact in your phone. Mm -hmm. So we're facing a lot of challenges when it comes to really automating our businesses. So that to me means that you have to have a place, a central place where you have documentation of those people who are in your funnel right now, who are in that client journey. That can be Airtable. That can be your software. Maybe your software has a report of those people who are in the intro offer phase. Um, That could be, you know, again, like an Asana or a Trello board where you visually are moving people along. But it's something where you can take that customized communicative step to stay in touch with them. Um, when I listen to studio owners talk about the pain points that they're struggling with so much of the time I hear. "I Just need more people in the door, I just need more people in the door, but oftentimes that's really not the challenge. The challenge is you're not keeping the people who are walking in your door you're not engaging with the people who have been your members for a while and and giving them, you know, just the right amount of variety, along with what you know makes them feel safe and at home so. There are a lot of times where I think we just knee jerk reactions say marketing 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 which absolutely should be one of the most consistent steady expenses your business has and it should be an always thing. But it's not always going to solve every problem, the marketing is just the beginning of it and bleeds into sales and then sales bleeds into client relationships and retention and then ultimately those people need to become ambassadors to feed the marketing engine also. So I think taking a moment to identify your client journey is going to be a really powerful thing. And then also, you know, stepping back and being honest with yourself. Where are you losing people? And what are you what are you not doing there? Like, what, what is the missing piece? Um, so anyway, well, I'd love to say there's a silver bullet tool for it. Like at Walla, we have some of that baked in. We do have a marketing partner, a Referizer, that does a lot of automations for us. Um, but sneak peek to those of you that are listening right now, we are building our own full robust automation engine within Walla that is text, email, everything. Um, we've just started to drip out some of the automations right now, but it's it's something that should be kind of a marriage of the two, like you need the automations and you need the personalized touch and the the quick visual into who's in the funnel and what's happening to them.
1: So good, yeah. I think uh, I think that's really approachable too. For it, for all businesses that are listening, is you know we can market is it's endless. We, there's just so much we can do when it comes to marketing, and as you said, it should mm-hmm. be very consistent. Right. Uh, but it's not going to solve everything. Right. So we have to see at what point in the customer journey are we starting to lose people, and mm-hmm. being you know not critical, but you know almost a, from a lens of a scientist, like what are we exactly. seeing? that's happening and how can we address it, um, you know, in the most um, yogi-friendly marketing way and and, and just being very uh, aware,
2: yeah. Right, and I think, I mean, this is not a stereotype, It's, it's real, I think there is a tremendous amount of growth opportunity for sales in yoga studios. And I mean, if we learn nothing from the core powers of the world and the Barry's Boot Camps and the Orange Theories, You know, we don't have to be as hardcore in the push and and nagging in the like. So are you going to buy? So are you going to buy? We can do it in a really authentic way, but we still have to ask. I mean, that's that's kind of what I. One of my. I wish I had a loudspeaker, like a megaphone, when I say this. You still have to ask. We are in the age of a consumer that is used to being asked to do a lot all the time, and there attention span is so short even if they think about wanting to buy from you the distractions are endless and there are so many things that can get in the way of them taking that opportunity so if you're not saying hey you came in for a couple classes seems like you like it do you want to join here's the link like buy now and give them a quick and easy way to do it so it's that asking is not pushy at all it's expected at this point and Especially if you, like we have cautious consumers now too, because of COVID, you know, walking into a studio space and understanding that they're moving, breathing, sweating, interacting with other people in that space. It's not only asking, but it's proving to them why you're going to solve a problem for them and that you're gonna solve it in a way that's safe, effective, and meaningful. So I, I really just encourage and empower all of you guys listening to feel confident asking for business from people.
1: Mm. That's so good. I I was having a conversation with a, a studio owner, studio owner, friend of mine, um, you know, outside, outside of our mutual connection, um, through Walla. And, you know, that was, that was almost the exact thing that she just said. She's like, I feel like I'm constantly bombarding people and I feel bad about it. Yeah. And I was trying to A, A, recognize that, of course, you know, I think also too, as women, we kind of have this innate sense. We're like, we don't want to be bothersome. We want to, you know, yeah, we yeah. kind of want to be quiet and, um, yeah. you know, spacious with people, but also too, we have to remind people, we have to ask, as you said, mm-hmm. um, because they are constantly being asked by everybody else. And we want more people to have yoga. Right that that's what we're asking for and our business cannot provide more yoga if there are no people coming through the door and paying for it (laughs) exactly
2: and honestly i'll say this as like a busy working mom i appreciate it because i forget you know like when i get the text i i mean this is a different thing but like i need to schedule an mri i tore my hamstring and i've forgotten to schedule that like six times and this woman is I mean, she probably feels like a relentless jerk, but thank God she just called me again and texted me because I actually scheduled it, you know? So don't feel bad about that. People, People's lives are busier than ever. And your little reminder might be the one thing they were waiting for to put them over the edge.
1: Yeah. And like you said, just make it easy. Here's the link. Yep. Yep. Here you go. I love that. Okay. This has been so good. And this is one of my favorite questions um, okay. that I love to ask guests. So thank you for indulging me um, okay. with this because I know it's going to be so good. So if you could go back at any time in your previous yeah. journey, any any portion of your career or you know previous life uh, pre yoga, if you could tell yourself a little something that would save you a few sleepless nights, what would it be?
2: Hmm. I think a lesson that has been kind of hammered home for me over and over and over um, is that you can't be everybody's picture of perfect all the time. Um, I'm an achiever. I'm absolutely someone who loves to, to win, to accomplish. Um, and I think for a long time, I was doing that because of the accolades I would receive from other people, the the attention, the feeling of worthiness, the feeling that you know that's what was going to make me successful is when everybody else saw me as the the picture perfect achiever, um, and none of that ever worked. It never felt good. It never. It, first of all, it's it's a an endless race. You know, like there's no finish line there because everybody's definition of perfect is something else. And it's impossible to make everybody happy. Um, and when I when I did that, I, I had so many negative consequences. I mean, I, I struggled with an eating disorder for almost a decade of my life. Um, I was a college athlete that ended up only getting to play for two years because of injury and not listening to my body and not when my shoulder was screaming at me to not play. I just played and played and played because i I could force myself to do it um, yeah in in you know relationships or in my career, there were times where it just I, I wasn't doing it for the right reason. I just desperately wanted that you know sense of perfection in everybody else's eyes um and I can say the you know i I wish I could have learned that way earlier in my twenties, so I could have avoided those sleepless nights, but one of the things that really kind of got me to the other side of that was some of the big failures where it it honestly or or the big vulnerable moments where i tell somebody the truth about what happened and like i was sitting in my room crying before i did that or i was um you know i got hurt or i was so scared to you know go to that party because i didn't have a place to purge where when i was struggling with an eating disorder um i I now recognize that, you know, those were the moments that got me over the edge. And where now it's about not just believing in myself and fulfilling what I need for for my personal success and my personal sense of worth. um, But where I also feel like I can give back so much more now, and I can empower other people to to find what fulfills them and not worry about my opinion of them, or, you know, the world's opinion of them. So That was a little personal.
1: (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. That was um like so heartfelt and I'm just grateful that you shared that with me and with us today. It was it's very um very relatable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. And
1: so generous. So okay. Well, I know that you have some really cool things coming up with Walla and we would love to hear about them. So what can you share with us?
2: Um, all right, so those of you who are just hearing about Walla for the first time, um, we are you know, the full platform You can run your business, your studio on booking, billing, staff management, all of it. Uh, we are pretty close to a one-stop shop. So you can run your video on demand, your live stream, your um, online courses. We do have a sub-management platform within Walla. You can text, you can email. Um, But what we've been lacking are automations. So when we talk about automations, I mean, um, you know, different paths. So different customized communication based on the path each individual is on at your studio. Someone's on an intro offer and they have taken classes versus somebody who bought the intro offer and never came in. They shouldn't be getting the same communication or somebody who's on their 50th class versus someone who's on their fifth class. Um, we're, we're really working to give our clients a way to communicate with all of those in an automated way. And the beauty of it is that we have a kind of first in industry personality quiz where we've worked with researchers from many different universities, um, to build a personality quiz that looks at essentially what motivates you, what kind of motivation language, if you will, you have um, how how to stick with a wellness practice, how to build a habit. And we are going to be giving the capability to segment your communication by personality type. So for example, I like to I like to give these two because it's so powerfully different. Um, givers are one of the personality types. And they are people that want to feel included in a community. They want to know what's happening. They want you to ask about their day. They want you to tell you you're doing a great job in class Um, versus a maverick. The person that walks in and is like, listen, I'm intrinsically motivated. I don't need you for anything other than to provide me a class that I enjoy. So if you're calling that person out in class and nagging them all the time with like, hey, how was class today? Text messages. That person is going to be First of all feel like you're condescending and second of all annoying so they may not come back and just having that little extra bit of information about your clients can help disarm them make them feel more comfortable in your studio and your classes and then ultimately within the communication that you send to them as well so our automation should be launching sometime late q1 like our kind of more full customized approach late q1 early q2 Um, We definitely have some already built into Walla that are kind of pre-baked. You can write your own copy, but we've designed the structure based off of what we've seen be really, really successful. So that's kind of our big big release next year, along with appointments. So for those of you that are businesses that do a lot of private sessions, or you have perhaps like wellness services, massage or Reiki sessions at your studio, um, we will now be able to have an appointment booking tool calendar um available for you i believe like in the next few weeks we're we're launching that in january so
1: that's exciting stuff you guys yes. are yeah yes. really just kind of filling these needs that are coming up so well right. done
2: yeah i mean it just it was such especially the marketing automations are such an evident need in the industry and like you said there are so many platforms out there that say they can do it all but they're still connected to a central platform and so there's a opportunity for error in the data that's flowing back and forth and b you typically can't get everything you can only get a fraction of the triggers or the segmentation that you need in order to truly customize so it just made sense to, to build it in house and, you know, it's big lift. So we really, really are excited to get people using it.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I'm um, honestly selfishly excited because I can't wait to see it myself. So that's just really, really, really cool. Thank you for giving us a little peek behind the curtain and yes. what's coming up. Yeah. So cool. Okay, so if we want to follow along with the Walla journey, we were curious about how to, you know, potentially uh, consider the software for our studios, how can we find you? And um, if we wanted to hang out with you online, where would you be? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So we are at Walla Software on both Instagram and Facebook. And we have I, I kind of have to brag about our content. Our content writer, Brittany, is unbelievable. Not only is her writing great, we don't just throw, you know, the crappy like three ways to engage your clients this winter content out there. we we have really good blogs, blogs, information going. Um, And she also recruits some of the best, we need to get you to write for us. Uh, Oh my gosh. love to have you write for us. Um, She recruits some of the best experts in the industry and they have offered some really valuable content for us, um, both in forms of blog and we do a Walla webinar series. Um, I actually just had one this morning on how the science of music in your classes and how, you know, that can impact retention and engagement and memorability for your clients. So you guys tap in, follow us online. We've got some awesome stuff to share.
1: Thank you for those resources. That those, that sounds incredible. Just the one that you happen to have today. Like I'm like, yeah. I need to go look this up. This sounds so
2: yes. fun. Yes, yes, yes. We'll have ping me if you need to and or hello at hellowalla.com is our email address. And you can get a copy of the recording if that one sounds interesting, but they're all cool they're all interesting <laughs>
1: sounds like it okay well I'll definitely have to check that out and, and look kind of look through the library the wonderful stuff that you have so well Laura this was incredible I'm just so grateful that you took the time I know how busy you are and I'm just so grateful because this chat was super fun and informative oh, so. I know it's great to
2: talk to you thank you for having me absolutely
1: Thank you, Laura. That was such a great episode. I'm just so grateful for your time and all the energy that you provided to us as the listeners. And to me personally, it was wonderful. Um, so if you're interested and you want to little, learn a little bit more about Walla, you can find them on Instagram at Walla Software and on the web at www.hellowalla.com for all those free resources as well that she mentioned. So I hope that this was impactful and informational to you today. And I would love to hear more about what you thought. You can send me a DM on Instagram. It's at jessicacross.co. And I'd love to get your thoughts. Until then, keep showing up for your business and we'll catch you on the next episode.
0: Thanks for listening to the marketing off the mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone, you know, who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate review and subscribe to marketing off the mat on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.